0: This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome back to our listening community. Thank you for returning. I really enjoyed my conversation with my special guest on last week. I don't take your time lightly, and I know that you could have chosen to be elsewhere. So today I promise not to waste your time. I'm Reverend Jay Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. We, we strive to draw clarity from the biblical text and relevancy to our own religious experience. So today, we are continuing our series, Introduction to Biblical Thought, and this will be part four. Now, so far in this series, we looked at the creation story, the Exodus event, and the Psalms. Today, we will explore the language and message of the prophets. To add context and bring clarity, we're examining the role and function of the prophets during the BCE period. BCE refers to before common era or before the birth of Christ. So now, for those of us who, who have a, a minimal acquaintance, this is an introductory level discussion. And in this introductory um, level discussion, I'm reminded of the fact that the mention of a prophet often gives rise to thoughts of one who predicts the future and and delivers fire and brimstone messages that come from God. Then we, we envision floods, fires, swarms of locusts and other plagues and judgments or punishments by God. I must say this, If this is the only imagery that comes to the imagination when we think of the prophets, I must offer that this is a rather reductionist view of the ministry, role, and function of the prophet. Yes, it's true that the prophets proclaimed a divinely inspired warning message for the people. But it is equally important to note that the prophet addressed specific situations in highly concrete terms. And therefore, for us, their message cannot be appreciated without consideration of its historical context. The author Walter Brueggemann put it this way, sociologically, the prophets are situated realistically among issues of social power, functioning as speakers and advocates for for a variety of social interests that are said to be congruent or in lockstep with God's will and purpose. Simply put, that is to say that the prophets spoke to the real issues of the day, including that of social injustices against people that were, um, the injustices were offensive to God. But I would also propose today that the the message of the prophet is not entirely formed around issues of social justice. I suggest that the overarching theme of the prophetic message is the call to return to a covenantal relationship with God. Now, under this umbrella of inviting people into and returning to this covenant relationship with God, the message of the prophets generally included a messages of judgment that, that indict Israel for straying from God's commands. It also includes, or their messages also include a summon or an invitation or a call to repentance. And thirdly, they include the promise of love and well-being while in God's Providential care. Now, I think what is often overlooked or left out when we think of the prophet is the, the promise of God's blessing stored up for his people who are in right relationship with him. The reductionist view of the prophetic function usually highlights the judgment, the fire, and the brimstone language. But today I would like to look at several examples of the language of the prophet, beginning with the prophet Amos. And Amos, the name Amos means burden bearer. He was a shepherd. Yes, he was a shepherd who who combines all of the characteristics of of prophetic proclamations that I have mentioned. Now I must admit that uh, the um, prophet Amos borrows heavily from judgment speeches and indictments against Israel and other people. So the book of Amos can generally be divided into three parts. After the introductory verses, the book begins with a series of oracles or judgment speeches against various nations, discourses against Judah and Israel, a call to repentance and a series of visions that further articulate pending judgments, followed by the promise of national restoration. God often uses the, the weak things or the simple things of the world to confound the, the mighty, and so He chose a simple shepherd, Amos, as His prophet to reprove Israel and her king in the height of their prosperity. So, in the very first chapter of the book of Amos, it is here in the text that, that we encounter the prophet proclaiming judgment first on Israel's neighbors. And for the, the purpose of this introductory observation of lang- the language of the prophet, rather than doing a line by line reading of the book, I will extract, I'm going to lift from the text, a sample of the prophet's language that captures the the tonality and theme of the messages being delivered. Now, in this very first chapter, judgment is pronounced repeatedly with the use of the word fire. But what is really important to me is the reasons for the judgment. The actual acts of injustice and violence against people are in fact named, listed, and publicly called out. For example, speaking to Damascus, a neighbor of Jerusalem, the prophet gives the reason for the judgment, which again speaks of the violence and injustice against others. Some editors of the biblical text put a a chapter heading in there. They'll call this one, judgment on Israel's neighbors and it reads in this way it says this is what the Lord says for three sins of Damascus even for four I will not relent and here's the reason why because she threshed Gilead with sledges having iron teeth the text continues and it says this is what the Lord says for three sins of Gaza, even four, I will not relent because she took captive whole communities and sold them to Edom. Another example for the three sins of Tyre, even four, I will not relent because she sold whole communities of captives to Edom, disregarding a treaty of brotherhood. He continues, because he pursued his brother with a sword and slaughtered the women of the land because his anger raged continuously and his fury flame unchecked. Another dreadful example is because he ripped open pregnant women of Gilead in order to extend his borders. Now I have a, a, a guest coming on in for, we got a 10 minute schedule here for a guest to come in. I'm gonna come in, let him come in before we continue on. And let's see what our dear brother has to say. Come on in. Another example is he says, he, he, he uh, gives um, three sins of Moab even for four, I will not relent because he burned to ashes the bones of Eden's Eden King. And then we're going to get to a shift in the in the uh, the judgment because it turns from other nations to a focus on God's people. Welcome to Faith Talk, my good brother.
1: How you doing, brother? Peace.
0: So, how can how can we we begin a little talk here?
1: Yeah, just to continue, I was just listening. I decided to get some interaction here, but um. I like what you're saying, so you can keep on quoting the verses and go on your um, your little thing. I'll just chime in when I feel like it. That's all with you, brother.
0: Amen. I want you to try to speak up a little bit louder into your device so that we can hear you clearly.
1: All right, brother. Is that better?
0: That's much better. That's much better. So now, listen to this. Now, I, I guess you heard what I was talking about so far. but. Yes, the, yes, yes. Now we've gotten to a point where the judgment against the nations that were surrounding Israel, their neighbors, now the judgment abruptly shifts from other nations to focus on God's people, right? And, and what that reminds me of today is this, simply that we can point the finger at other folk if we want to, but we must remember that the church, as as, as we are called, the church is far from perfect. And because people are far from perfect, and God requires us to continually grow along our faith journey. Now, I'm, I'm a, a brother. I, I just want to let you know I'm ordained as a, as, as a minister in the Baptist tradition. And um, so we just want to encourage people to seek God through prayer, meditation, and scripture, as opposed to drawing conclusions about God based on what they see church people do. So, now the judgment now is pointing to God's people. So, what are your thoughts, Asif?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. It's through um, contemplation, meditation, and soul searching, and actually going after the knowledge with full force and a, a, a desire for the truth, you know? Amen. Speaking of find right?
0: Amen, amen, amen. So, the point here is that first in this book, the scriptures... Um, pointed at other people the judgments from the prophetic voice were coming directed at other people and now it's turned to God's people and why again I'm pointing out uh, lifting up of great importance one of the reasons why And, and it says here why because they have rejected the law of God the Lord and have not kept his decrees because they have been led astray by false gods the gods that their ancestors followed then, he, then he, get, he gets even worse. He, he begins to further uh, articulate the charges, the indictment. He says they sell the innocent for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but it's um, definitely... Of, they changed the law, bro. They wasn't making the money to change the law. You know, they had full control of the beliefs of the people at the time. So, that's when the Jewish people were basically um, no longer the chosen people. Basically, is the way the story goes, I guess. But I don't think you believe that.
0: Mm-hmm. So the 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 text goes on to say that not only did they sell the innocent. Now this is these are the the the. the chosen people of God right and but what they they're not acting like it though they sell the innocent for silver the needy for a pair of sandals and then it gives it raises this dreadful indictment that says they trample on the heads of the poor as on the dust of the ground and and they deny justice to the oppressed father and son use the same girl and so profane my holy name they lie down besides every altar on garments taken in pledge in the house of their god. They they drank wine which was taken as fines. So so all of these um, all of these activities really speak about violence against other people, exploitation of, of other people in their community. It's supposed to <coughs> be in their own faith tradition.
1: I think that the guy who's you. Yes, sir.
0: So so um. This is just clearly an indication that it's people who were so supposed to be God's people were certainly not acting like that.
1: Yeah, man, they just sold the word of God. They altered the books. They changed stuff. They um, committed all the sins possible.
0: hmm And and um and so we shouldn't think that today we're out of the woods because I think we certainly find imperfection in 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 the church, as they say. Um, and amongst the people who identify as being God's people. Yeah, so man, now- I'm a I'm a
1: Muslim, right? So I believe in um, Jesus as a Messiah, but I don't believe He's God, right? Right. But same thing has happened to this religion, too, where they have incorporated these so-called hadiths, or the sayings of the prophets, and so now they're, like, basically emulating the prophets. Like, it's become idol worship. Like, the, the prophet's word over supersedes God's word. Like, oh, the God's word is not clear enough for us, so we're going to have to use this as a, as a second reference, and this um, overrides that. And they're, they're bringing in all these stupid things, like, you're going to have 60 virgins when you die, and if you die in a, in a state of uh, fighting for God, then you're going to you're gonna go to heaven. Like, all these things, like, they've... Um, program these people to believe in this and now just become part of the, the religion like even the the imams or the pastors they even start preaching some of that stuff and they, they even like that stuff too because they can show how much knowledge they have or they feel like oh you don't know about this i'm gonna go drop this i'm gonna be stunned or whatever and i went and argued with these people and told them like look bro in the, the, the Quran it says this, this book is complete and clear easy to understand
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, well listen listen i'm certainly um I appreciate the fact that you, you you let us know that you are in the Muslim faith tradition, and and I um, I, uh, um, I appreciate that. I, I I I actually have a book called the Islamic Jesus. It's a very good reading, and 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 I understand the the Muslim tradition of of honoring Jesus as a prophet. I have a friend of mine who's who's a, a Muslim Imam. Uh, I've learned I've learned many things from him. I work closely with him. Um, and he's actually introduced me to some some of the Quranic text and some of the um, great meaning in it. So now in this story, um, the the prophet speaking for God reminds the people of what God had done for them. He says, "I brought you up out of Egypt and led you forty years in the wilderness to give you the land of the Amorites, and and I also raised up prophets from among your children and Nazarites." from among your youths. Yep. And then he says, but you made them drink wine and commanded the prophets not to prophesy. So God is saying here that I brought, um, raised, rescued you from Egypt gave you the spirit of the lord even to your children and you made the, them drink wine and commanded them to be quiet basically and not to prophesy so you know that also reminds me of today how we, we have to be careful about silencing the voice of our youth
1: yeah bro for sure everybody's getting silence right now if it's not with the current programming and they don't want to hear about it and you're going to be silenced one way or another
0: mm-hmm so now, I have, I have another guest who's trying to come in. I want to let her to come in and see what's on her mind. Okay, so, so Asif, thanks for coming in, and I want to hear from you again. We need to connect.
1: Yes, sir. Peace, brother.
0: Uh, Mary, we have someone coming in. I want to hear what's on her mind. Hi, Mary. This
2: is me, Mary. How are you? I'm good I'm in the process of cooking but my cooking is like takes hours Okay. (laughs) I swear to God I am blessed I don't care if you're Christian, Islam, or Jew I or Hindu we're all connected we're all brothers and sisters at the Mm. end but uh, belief And caring. And love. And forgiveness. When you forgive
0: others, you forgive yourself. Amen. I like that, you know.
2: As a Christian girl in Catholic school, I was never able to, because I lived in so many countries, so many versions, so many, so many, oh. I can't recite the Bible, or the Quran or the Torah, I can't. But there's one thing that I could recite, and it comes from my part of the world.
0: Love is patient, love is kind. Amen, I like that. And you know, God is certainly a message of love. And th- this is one of the things that, you know, that people reject. Um, the, the voice of the prophet And, and the relig- uh, organized religion Because so much of the early Prophetic language seems to borrow From this fire and brimstone language So, so now this is what I'm going to do I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank you for coming in And I'm going to get back to this story And I want you to continue to listen And come on back in When, when you um, formulate some, some thoughts about Relative to this text So thanks for coming in thank And, you. and I, I want you to come back in so, so now we get to the um, we get to the third chapter of Amos and and what we find is that um, God says this. He says, "Hear this word, people of Israel, the word the Lord has spoken against you against the whole family that I brought up out of Egypt. Now when he says the whole family, please remember this that, at one point, the the um, the the nation of Israel was divided into two different kingdoms: the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom. And <clears throat> but here he's referring to the whole family that I brought up out of Egypt, and that is talking about the coming out of Egypt. Is talking about the the exodus event that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then you know the the text continues on and. In light of God rescuing these people and leading them along the way, he says this in in verse 10 through the prophet. He says, they do not know how to do right. This is continuing an indictment against the people of God. He says, they store up in their fortresses what they have plundered and looted. This is corruption. This is them stealing, taking what doesn't belong to them from other people. So, so far we've listed some actual reasons why God was displeased with his people. And and the prophet lists, he itemizes the charges against the people, right? And it is in the fourth chapter of Amos that the prophet describes the suffering of the people. He describes the suffering of the people. He goes on and he, he, um, he repeats it over and over that in, in light of your suffering and your harsh experiences, yet you have not returned to me. And I want to say this um, just as a note. When you're, when you're reading your Bible and something is repeated over and over, it's a good time to, to pay attention. And you know, the, 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 the editors put, put the uh, title on the chapter heading as Israel has not returned to God. And that prophet continues with you who oppress the poor and crush the needy, you who um, um, you have not returned to me. He says you have not returned to me probably at least about five times. He says this. So now he's leading into this call to repentance, which is in the fifth chapter. And then in, in the in the fifth chapter the, the chapter headings in most Bibles will say a lament and a, and a call to repentance and this is what the Lord says to Israel And now in spite of all of the judgment language that we've heard so far the, the Lord says through the prophet seek the Lord and live Now of course the the, the the breaking of the covenantal relationship led to disaster in the lives of the people and, and punishments from God, right? But here God is inviting them to repent and says, seek the Lord and live. So the reward for repentance was life. And But he says, he continues. In between this, this call to repentance, he reminds them again. There are those who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground. There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. Lord, have mercy. We see that happening today. There are people who, who fight for justice and they are marginalized and criminalized. And, and the one who tells the truth is, is, is held in, in, a, uh, in a poor lens. He tells them that they levy a straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on the grain. This is this is speaking about the marketplace and how they are cheating people in the marketplace. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm being cheated when I have to go and pay $5 for a gallon of gas. Amen? He says there are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Now, these are God's people that he's talking about. The prophet is speaking to the nation of people that God rescued out of Egypt. And this is how they are repaying God for his mighty acts through all of this corruption and injustice against their own people. But the prophet says, seek good, not evil, that you might live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you just as he says he is. He, he further instructs them to hate evil and love good, and maintain justice in the courts, to maintain justice in the courts. Amen. And, um, we're going to, we're going to bring in another guest in a moment. Just let me get through this little passage here. It says, woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Now, first of all, we have to be clear about what is the day of the Lord. And there's two different schools of thoughts. They were there's one school of thought that says this was a festival that was about to happen and there's, a, there's another school of thought that, that uh, refers to an end time judgment. And, but he asked them, why do you long for the day of the Lord? And, and today, you know, you hear people say, Jesus, come quickly to judge the world. So all of this will be over. And he says, the prophet says, will not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, pitch dark with, without a ray of brightness? Then he says that, now don't forget, this is God speaking through the prophet who says, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. And even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs, and I will not listen to the music of your heart. But let justice roll on like a river, and righteousness like a never-failing stream. Now, let me say this. I'm a musician, and I love to play music and praise God with music and celebrate all that God is doing in my life. But let me say this. When we are inattentive to the suffering of people in our communities, when we're inattentive to the the injustices that are are levied against people in our community, then just be reminded of this passage. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river and righteousness like a never-failing stream. You know, we all want to get to heaven. But it can't be to the neglect and the turning a blind eye to the suffering that is is um, the dominant narrative in our society, right? So let's just keep our minds. Uh, everybody wants to get to heaven, but let's just keep our minds on the lived experience of of others that we are in contact with, that we con- that we encounter in our communities. Then in the in the sixth chapter, and. Um, there's a, there's a section there where the prophet says, now he's talking to people in the height of their prosperity. He says, you lie on beds adorned with ivory and, and lounge on your couches. You, you dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. You strum away on your harps like David and improvise on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowl fill and use the finest lotions. But you do not grieve over the ruin of Joseph. This is the suffering of, of one, one community, one family, not grieving over the ruin of another. And he says, therefore, he pronounces another punishment. Therefore, you will be among the first to go into exile, and your feasting and your lounging will end. So, oh, listen, I'm, all, all I'm trying to say is that we need to be um, recognize the suffering of our brothers and sisters and help them along their way. And not be complacent in our uh in our um, prosperity how God has lifted us up and and we can't just simply forget about everybody else so now um we move along the, the text moves along it moves along and God again through the prophet declares that this is the time the time of judgment has come right and here's what I want you to notice now we've we're looking at this prophet Amos, who is highly concerned with and speaking about God's judgment. And but here, in the ninth chapter of Amos, we notice that following all this talk of judgment, God promises restoration. It would seem, and this is the part that I propose is often left out by those who have a Uh, minimal acquaintance with the word of the Lord. Israel's restoration. The Bible says the prophet said these words, in that day I will restore David's fallen shelter. I will repair its broken walls and restore its ruins and will rebuild it as it used to be. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills and I will bring my people Israel back from exile. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord. So now this this assurance of God's restoration articulates this theme of repair restoration and rescue that is often not thought of when we hear and imagine the role of the function of the prophet. Yes, God, uh, there's a judgment day coming, but I want to let you know that God is a God of rescue, repair, restoration, and salvation being saved from calamity. So now in order to, to, to take another sample Of this invitation to repentance and let's just look at another prophet Joel and we'll find another example of the language and function of a prophet that calls for this repentance Joel in the second chapter 12 and 13 says listen the Bible says listen to the words of the prophet Joel." even now declares the Lord return to me with all your heart With fasting and weeping and mourning, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. So now I have a guest waiting. And let's see what's going on here. Mary's back. Hello, Mary. I know she was cooking and now she's coming back. So,
2: uh, I... I, I was in a coffee shop. I was sitting outside. All of a sudden, I see a Greek Orthodox church, uh, priest. And I asked him. He was pleasantly surprised, and so was I. I said, let me ask you, Father, I don't know how to address the guy. Uh, I said, with all due respect, May I ask one question? He said, go right ahead. I asked him, do sinners do good? And he looked at me with a smile and he said, yes. But we are children of God. Let's Mm -hmm. live in peace. Amen. Let's love one another. Let's care for one another. Those who cannot care for themselves care. And I love you guys so much, and I thank you so very much, Reverend Jay, Mm -hmm. for being right here in my living room. Thank you so much. God bless you.
0: I appreciate uh, Mary um, sharing her innermost thoughts and, and her concerns. And, and actually her plea for when, what got to me, what spoke to me, was when she began to plea with everybody to stop all the violence and stop all the trouble and just live together as people of God, right? Irregardless of our, the diversity of our faith tradition. So I really thought that that was a powerful um, input to the conversation. But getting back to this text, and she called, she actually, that was a, a call to repentance, and in this story, with the in this um, portion of scripture, we were in Joel, the second chapter of Joel, where Joel says, even now, return to me with all your heart. Um, if we use our imagination and we journey back in time, placing ourselves in the presence of the prophet Joel, we would find ourselves, just like today, standing in the midst of devastating social realities. There was hunger, poverty, sickness and disease. There was drought and destruction of crops. There was war, military invasions that snatched people from their freedoms and subjected them to years of captivity and prolonged hardships. There there were political tensions, violence, exploitation of the poor, injustice, and of course there were corrupt governing authorities, both secular and religious, that made that made unholy alliances with principles and practices that were certainly antithetical, to, antithetical to, to love, justice, and peace. Obviously, there had been a departure from being in right relationship with God or living in a way that demonstrated that. There was a, there was a quest for self-indulgence without regard for God or morality or justice. Individually and collectively, the people had strayed away from embracing God's love, justice, righteousness, wholeness, and they stepped away from this covenantal um, relationship with God. But God, again, used the prophet, Joel, to extend the invitation for the people to return to him and to repent from anything that stood against him being a reflection of the love, justice, and peace of God in their lives. The prophet, he passionately pleaded with them. He says, rend your heart and not your garments. So what does he mean? God is calling for more than outward expressions of sorrow and grief. God's invitation is calling for an inward transformation of the heart, a heart that is stirred and moved to repentance and action. where we love one another as Mary just pleaded with us as she uh, passionately inputted into this conversation. And and I certainly honor her bravery for coming into this conversation and, and letting us know how she felt. And she was very passionate about it. The prophetic voice reminded them of God being gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Now, this is another prophet now who is stressing God's compassion as opposed to the fire and brimstone. Yes, there's judgment coming, but God is slow to anger and abounding in love, and he he relents from sending calamity. Now, if, if we look at another prophet, and I'll be closing soon, but if we look at another prophet, the language of Isaiah, also spoke of specific issues that represented a straying from God and the shortcomings of the people. He told them, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless and plead the case of the widow. He said, your rulers are rebels, partners with thieves. They all love bribes and chase after gifts. They do not defend the cause of the fatherless The widow's case does not even come before them. Now, here again, I've lifted some um, portions of the scripture just to to give you a, a taste of the indictments against the people that the prophet was bringing. But it didn't end there. He didn't stop with the indictments. He also includes this love language of promise in his speech. Isaiah says um, I will restore your leaders as in days of old, your, your rulers as at the beginning. Afterward, you will be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. So it was God's desire to, to restore the people to their rightful place in this world and their rightful positionality with God, the one who rescued them, right? So here's another example of this language of love. And Isaiah says, but now this is what the Lord says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name and you are mine. And that word redeemed, Mary just brought that up in her own little special way. But she brought it up. And here it is in the scripture. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And when when, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Right? It says that. It says that uh, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Now, I want to, i um, purposely, we spent so much time um, listening to the judgment language that came from Amos. And my point was that often the person who has little understanding of the biblical text will, will the their imagination of the prophet, what comes to the mind when they hear the prophet, the word prophet, what comes to mind is this judgment, right? But here's Isaiah, the prophet. Um, he says this, this is what the Lord says. I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. Now these are words that, that come to my mind in my image of God. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And I'm so glad to be comforted by God in these troubled days. The Bible says in another Another example of love language from the prophet Isaiah, it says, As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Another example in Isaiah 61 verse 7, it says, Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. This is far from the, the judgment and suffering language that the prophet Amos brought to light. Now, rightfully so, the people were doing wrong. And and wrong is not uh, um, honored by God. God is a just God, right? But God invites us to a place of, of of repentance and restoration back to being in covenantal relationship with God. The prophet Jeremiah, he also said some things about the way people were living, but he also said this. Another Uh, example of the love language used by the prophet Jeremiah. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. So again, God is is promising restoration, rescue, deliverance, salvation from the hands of their enemies, and being returned to a place of right relationship with God. You know, Jeremiah, he uses the example of of a potter and clay. And he says, can I, can I not do with you, Israel, as the potter does like clay in the hand of the potter? So are you in my hand? Amen. I love to look past the judgment and listen, judgment is coming. I believe in the day of judgment, right? But Jeremiah again says the Lord appeared to us in the past saying that I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And I will build you up again. And you will be rebuilt. And you'll take up your tambourines and go out and dance with the joy. You'll plant vineyards and enjoy their their fruit. So now, in my conclusion, I'd like to say this. That after reviewing the words of the prophet... The role, the function, and language of the the different prophets that we looked at briefly in this introductory level discussion, we can walk away with a newly discovered reality that and that is this: the prophetic voice was more than just fire and brimstone and judgment alone. Yes, it did include that. In fact, the words of the prophets served as an invitation to enter into or re-enter into a covenant relationship with God. And that message, that invitation is as good today as it was then. Today we heard from the prophet Amos, a lot of language that points to devastating judgment for particular transgressions that continue today. And mainly for for their departure from keeping God first in their lives. But today I, I wanna remind us that Jesus said this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He went on to say that whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Well, in closing, let me say this. I I, I hope you've been enjoying this series, Introduction to Biblical Thought. So far, we've looked at Genesis. We looked at the creation story. We looked at Exodus, the Exodus event, which is at the core of the Jewish tradition. We looked at the 23rd Psalm and studied the articulations of faith expressed in Psalm. Today, we looked at prophets with a concentration on the prophet Amos, Joel, Isaiah, and Jeremiah. Now next week, we plan to move into what is often referred to as the New Testament or the Second Testament. And it is there that we find the birth narrative of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of the apostles, the, the history of the church in various letters to a growing church that were written by the apostles. The majority of written, of these letters were written by the Apostle Paul. So please join us next Sunday, at the same time, 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and invite your friends. Don't forget to check out the website, www.rev.jstuartglover.com, for announcements. You can post your comments. And, and I want to thank um, Mary for coming in today and, 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 and sharing from her heart what she was feeling in the moment. Um, Thank you for our listeners in the United States and around the world for your encouragement and support. God bless your life, and I shall join you again next Sunday at the same time for another Faith Talk. God bless you.